A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night. Sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. <laughs> Have you ever thought about who produced the beer that you drink? Where does it come from? Who's produced the malt barley? And how does it make its way right through the supply chain to get to the carton, the six pack, or the single beer that you buy at the pub on the weekend? Find out in this episode. G'day and welcome to the Farms Advice podcast where we talk everything agribusiness. This is the Harvest Series brought to you by the leaders and innovators of Australian agriculture, our favourite. So we've had it all on this series and today we'll be talking about where your beer comes from, how it gets there with Abby Edishank from Pure Grain. They're doing some bloody good things up in northern New South Wales. Tell the crew and your boss to listen in to improve your yield, simplify your operation or even save you the time picking or driving the tractor chasing down that header. But maybe this is important for consumers as well for the beer drinkers to see where it actually came from. Some fun facts coming up. If you get something out of this series, please help the podcast by sharing it with your mates so that we can grow and reach every farmer across Australia in our podcast harvest as well we're on a mission to connect farmers because we're farmers too it'd be a bloody great help so let's get into today's episode but well g'day and welcome to the farms Rise podcast today on the show we have abby edishank abby how are you going well thanks jack how are you going very good it's been a very wet few weeks days or wherever you may be there's actually Fair few dry people out there that are calling for us to pass on the rain. How's it? Everything looking up around you in the Moree region, Gunda Windy? Is it really wet? Yeah, well, there certainly has been areas that have been hit with some pretty heavy rainfall um, to the west and to the south of us. Moree was tipped for another flood, similar levels to uh, the April flood um, that didn't prevail so there's a lot of happy farmers out this way um, headers are back in the paddock and uh, yeah we'll just be looking to see what issues the uh, the rain has had on the um, the grain that's ready to come off the paddock 
good to see. But also, if it did flood, there are a lot of those crops um, on the black soil. They're going to go under, are they? Um, not. Uh, so the pure grain network, we don't have a lot that are actually west of Moree. Yep. Um, in saying that, though, uh, we are located on the Gwida and so the flooding of the Gwida would affect some of our, our grower partners. Yep, absolutely. Well, hopefully you can recover, the growers can recover from the damage. Hopefully it's only little damage and we'll see come harvest time. We really don't know until we strip it off in the end, do we? That's it, yeah. And I guess you guys down there at Dubbo are only just um, getting into it, are you? Yeah, there's been a few headers going around the district. I think we're still a few weeks off. It's green and quite wet out in the paddock still. Um, mm. But nonetheless, we'll get into this episode. Thank you so much for coming on and giving us your expertise, following along the grain supply chain of what your experiences are. Before we get down into it, I'd like to get to know my guests. I do know you a bit, but... Maybe the listeners out there want to know a bit more about you and what your experiences are and where you come from. Thanks, Crazy. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. I um, So my background in ag is um, I grew up on a mixed farming property down on the Murray River at Swan Hill. Um, and my family now reside uh, on the same type of property near Gilgandra, near South Wales. Yep. So... Um, I went to uni in Armidale, as did yourself. I studied a Bachelor of uh, Agricultural and Resource Economics there. Um, and I started my professional career in 2014 um, at Fletcher Grain. Um, fast forward to uh, the beginning of my time with Pure, um, come on board here in 2017. I was asked to help commission the export packing site located between Moree and Gundawindi, um, where essentially uh, we packed our own grain and third-party grain that included chickpeas, favours and sorghum. So that was an initiative to take control of a certain sector of the supply chain and um, do the export packing ourselves. So that was a a great journey um, and that came hand in hand with being the site manager out there. So that was something different for me straight up from my experiences in Dubbo. Um, and then essentially I took a role in 2019 as the Brisbane site uh, manager. So Pure entered Brisbane um, in around 2017 to to fill a supply chain gap. So essentially we were supplying malt into the malt houses there and we needed another option. So they commissioned the Brisbane site. Um, and then of course we ran into the droughts. So the site was also then used um, to receive bulk vessels um, full of feed grain as well as malt um, coming around from Victoria and South Australia. Yep. Um, and so during my time there, you know, we handled about 2 million tonne um, and essentially if you were part of the feedlot industry or drank beer between 2017 and early 2021, it's likely that we um, had handled it if you were based in the um, southern Queensland, northern New South Wales area. So Unreal. that was a really exciting time for me. Um, learned a lot. Uh, especially in the bunker storage game um, 
And um, we certainly hit our straps there, uh, peaking at about 25K outload each week, yep. all in trucks. So pretty significant feat there. I'm pretty proud of my, my time spent in Brizzy. And so now that's brought me to my current role at Pure, which is um, Principal Advisor of Farm Operations, where I've taken that knowledge I learned in Brisbane and um, I'm essentially out there helping our grower partners achieve what they need to achieve um, as being part of the Pure Grain Network. Beautiful. So it really sounds like you've rounded out where you've come from and like your journey to get where you are now. Are you sick of grains yet? Hmm. No, but I think the stench of wet grain is um, true. It'll be with me forever. That smell is something that I don't think you can um, wash off yourself. Yeah, no one likes cleaning out an old silo that hasn't been touched for a while. But for yourself, Definitely. with your degree, do you think you'd be down this career channel, I suppose, if you didn't have your degree? Um, to be honest, I, I think that the networking um, and the opportunities that university gave me other than the piece of paper is probably what's got me to this point um which you know uh i think i'm not alone in that thought um it's a great backup and obviously um going to uni shows that you can apply yourself and and um work to deadlines and all those sorts of things that come with it but uh essentially experience and just and taking opportunities i think when they come your way is is how I've got to where I am now. Yeah, definitely. I feel like taking, using those networks that you met the people at uni and actually using them for greater good or even to get a better career or just launch yourself into a different industry. Um, there's a lot of people out there that aren't using them that probably should look like, should start to use them now. So it's really good to get an understanding of our guests on the show. And especially great to have you on this series, the Harvest series. So let's start off our Harvest conversations with Pure Grain, Abby's Edishane. This episode is brought to you by Vert Your Eyes Digital. They're your marketing department when you don't have one and your added expertise to drive real growth in your agribusiness. Contact the team that live and breathe agriculture at advertyoureyes.com. Let's talk about your new role with Pure Grain. What is it? Who is it? And how does it work for Australian farmers? So Pure Grain essentially is a value chain integrator. So we link food and beverage manufacturers and processors directly with the end users. So essentially that includes everything from beer, biscuits, flour, feedlots. So we are the facilitators between the grower and the end user. And so by doing this, we are shortening the supply chain and we are leveraging the off-farm investment and allowing the consumers to understand where their food has come from. Yeah, you can sort of tell that story a bit better. It's not watered down as much as it goes through, passes through more hands. You're just really mm. limiting the friction on where that grain passes through for whatever products. It's pretty cool. Like you got a diverse range of products of where it's going. Mm. Yeah, that's it. And I mean, in order to do something like that, though, you need to have the framework yep. that provides these assurances to the customers that they're getting exactly what they want. 
And so that quality has to come from the grain production to the way it's stored, the way it's handled and the way it's transported. So Pure is able to capture that data and use it um, and make value for the grower to the end user. Yeah, definitely. I see like traceability is a huge thing within mm. agriculture, a bit of a hot topic and <laughs> maybe thrown around lightly sometimes, but being able to actually make a product traceability and also bringing it to commodity scale where you can get all these crops off from harvest time and follow them right way through into the biscuits, the flour that turns it yep. up on our tables. It's pretty amazing. How do you actually get these products onto the tables? How do you make connecting those relationships to the farmers without giving away too many tactics? <laughs> so essentially uh, there's been a long-standing relationship um, with the CEO of Pure, with yep. the the end users, and uh, he's always had this vision that um, supply chains should be made more streamlined, and that connecting growers directly with end users is going to put more money back into the growers' pocket. So there's a liaisoning between the end user and working out what they want, their demand profile and then feeding that back to our grower network, whom the grower network consists of growers that are champions for on-farm storage and want to do better and improve their current processes in the future. So we make that link. Great stuff. And this, these higher prices for the premium crops, they're actually allowing the farmers to become more invested into the quality of their crops and their operation, improving infrastructure to improve the crop that you receive and pass on to these other companies. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, when you're talking about a premium product, uh, the quality of Australian grain is typically quite high, but we feel like there's a way that we can improve that or make it even better. Yep. So the key to doing that and improving food and beverage manufacturing is providing a consistency in the quality so understanding exactly what the specifications are before a plant receives it for processing and knowing exactly where it's come from and how it's grown so that we can repeat it a time and time again. Exactly. And let's talk about an example with Asahi. You mentioned it before we talked for the episode. Say 40,000 tonne of grain. Is that right? That's right. Yes. So Is that's that going into, that's direct into the Yatla uh, plant up in yep. Brisbane. So that is 40,000 tonnes of grower direct delivered grain. So that is coming from a network of pure growers, grower partners directly into plant. Yeah, right. That's pretty amazing. And they also own VB. So for the VB drinkers out there, that grain right. is most certainly probably going to be within your carton, within your beverage for the night. How, exactly. how did that all start about and how how much does it say want want further down the line? Is it going to be 40,000 tonne per harvest? No. Um, no. So 40,000 tonne is just the beginning. Yep. Um, you'll find that a lot of these uh, high-end, large producing end users are really pushing this sustainability and traceability um, for their product. And so I feel like, there's going to be more tons going this way rather than through a bulk handler. So I believe this is just the beginning. Yeah, so they're just dipping their toe in the water 
to see <laughs> and test out the quality of the grain that Pure's passing along the supply chain. Exactly. Yep. And we anticipate that that is only going to grow because we can give them the data, we can give them the assurances, and we can give them the quality that they're looking for consistently. Absolutely. What I love about that is farmers can probably see an end product in their commodity that they've grown from the Mm. beginning. It's a pretty cool thing and important for a farmer to be able to see what their products make and who they're for. So great to see for these farmers out there. Let's talk a bit about the expectations for your growers in the 2021 harvest season. What are the crops looking like and are they looking to get off good crop up around your region? Yeah, absolutely. So everyone's pretty excited this season, um, particularly our malt growers. Um, the protein level, which is obviously really important, um, is is looking really good this season. Uh, unlike the past couple of seasons where protein has been too high to qualify as malt. Yep. Um, but I mean, essentially, you know, we're still looking at a around about a thirteen million ton barley crop. Um, this year and um, we do expect that this area which is you know north of of Narrabri to finish up harvest possibly by the end of the week um, if all things going well Um, and once all of that grain is in storage and the data is transferred to us we will then look at how we select the quality and the variety by customer and likely start selling that January. You're right. So your customers are chasing different grades of grain for the different products where it will be going. How That's does right. That, that really allows like a broad scope for the farmers, doesn't it? So if they have one paddock that's gone really high quality, good protein, and then one that hasn't fared too well that's down the road, that really helps out them. So, yeah, I mean, essentially growers can really take control of their destiny because if they're storing it on farm, they're able to segregate. And so segregation gives them power when it comes to marketing because they can segregate out something that's, that the end user doesn't want. So remember we talked about the demand profile. So just to go off a little bit there, the way that Pure communicates with its growers and its end users is a full feedback loop so it's full communication and it's where the end user can actually tell pure and its grower partners exactly what they're looking for what the issues are they can nominate much tighter specifications so if you think about a malt one 9.5 protein 9.5 to 11 percent protein each truckload that's delivered into that plant can be between 9.5 and 11. But the variability between that is actually quite high. And so that actually leads to inefficiencies uh, in the malting process. So if you can actually say, well, I've got X thousand tonne at 9.5% protein, you can guarantee that, then the end user can make arrangements to really capitalise on that. And therefore they, they see efficiencies on their end. Yeah, so it's collecting the level of protein at one end from the farmer level and into the business that's going to be processing that grain. Is that right? Yeah, or vice versa. So the end user can dictate to us what they're looking for and when. And because we essentially have decommoditized barley, 
by not engaging the way the bulk handlers do, we're able to um, provide them that quality consistently. Yeah, okay. So you can actually guarantee that they're going to receive 9.5 protein for that, yep. that product for that season. That's a pretty pretty advanced way to be going about it. And also it's good to lock it in for farmers and also the business trying to secure that next load, that grain to make their, for the malt barley or whatever sort of grain cereal it may be. Mm-hmm. So for your, the grain that passes through pure grain, you mentioned 13,000 ton or 13 million tons of barley. What other crops are you growing? Are your growers growing? For the season so just to be clear that's sort of the national that's the national barley crop not i was the, gonna say yeah 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 that, that's national barley at 30 million tons yep. um and did you say what pure will be handling sorry yeah that? so w- what um what crops what other crops are pure growers handling for harvest season so at this stage we're focusing on malt barley yeah um and however that's not to say that we will take um, our skills in data capturing um, and transparency into other commodities but at the moment we're solely focusing on the malt barley game yeah great stuff so you're niching down and really getting to know your product and who's chasing that down and the different grades of it that's pretty cool nail it before you scale it (laughs) that's it and for COVID, it's been a pretty big impact for farmers, especially trying to cross borders and even for the companies trying to ensure that they have the employees to be around. Has this impacted pure grain over the last two years? Yeah, it has. Um, Back when Pure was involved in Brisbane operations, um, in which I was the site manager up in Brisbane there during um, the drought, our workforce was essentially... Um, New South Wales based yep. as we had a lot of relocations and uh, getting staff across the border at that point was particularly difficult. Um, so obviously border crossings are affecting everybody uh, in relation to staffing. I mean, staffing's hard enough at the moment without um, borders coming into it. But I mean, COVID also affected our business because of the pubs and the clubs and the beer drinkers and the, you know, everyone that consumed beers, although it might have gone up at home, um, there was definitely that sort of impact from having businesses closed. So we are really happy to see the lights on at the pubs and clubs again. Yeah, exactly. And get that demand happening at the consumer mm. level. I'm mm-hmm. sure I'm sure we're going to be seeing minimum impact from COVID. Well, I hope so moving forward for agriculture, but as Australia as a whole, we've been locked mm. down and especially around here in Dubbo, we've been mm. not able to get out as much as you guys up north. But mm-hmm. very important to see you've come out the other side and I'm sure as a resilient business and those within agriculture doing their bit to ensure that your products can meet the consumers that are demanding the beers or whatever products that your grain is going to. Mm-hmm. So for yourself and the team at Pure Grain, what's the 10-year goals for yourself? Sure. So essentially Pure wants to be the uh, leader, uh, leading provider of grower direct programs. So we want to take what we've done with Asahi 
and um, really run with it and push that grower direct to end user relationship. Um, beyond that as well, we also want to be the benchmark for sustainability. Yep. So sustainability is another big thing that's part of, of part of Pure and um, it's all around that data collection and verification. So sustainability isn't just the carbon and, and you know, the trees. Sustainability is financial sustainability, um, safety sustainability, all of those different parts of a farming business that have to be sustainable in order to be successful. So we want to be the um, we want to set that benchmark for our grower partners. Yeah, fantastic. And the growers, their reception into becoming more sustainable across the board. How is that really impacting their their benchmark also and getting the grains off at harvest time this year? Yeah. So I mean, the the benchmarking and sustainability is is relatively new to the industry when yep. you look at it at a wider scope. The grower partners of Pure share the vision and they are willing to take the extra step and that is why, you know, um, they have to share the same vision as Pure and they want to have to want to improve. So whilst, yes, it's a very busy time, this is a long-term project that we want to take our growers with us along. Yeah, so they're very they're a bit of an innovative bunch the growers that you have on board there for Definitely. harvest time and getting the crops in. You talk about data and how it can work, but what sort of mm -hmm. data are the farmers collecting to be able to improve and ensure that their quality of their crops are mm -hmm. what they are? So essentially it has to be fully transparent. So our growers are aware that we're looking for things right from the beginning. So you talk about, paddock diary data, you talk about sample data, um, you talk about knowing what inputs, so fertilisers, fuels, everything that goes into growing that crop and then everything that happens after the fact, so including the way they store it, the way that they're, they're treating their grain, everything, everything like that is considered to be part of our transparency model. Yep. And Pure are there to assist our growers in best practice. So if they need help in one section, we're there to give them the advice. Great. And that's really allowing them to create the premium product and hopefully they can get premium crops up for this harvest. It's not just a, at harvest time, but right the way through from planning time. How much of a hands-on are Pure Grain throughout the process? Um, like I said, we're there to offer advice yep. and we're there to set standards and uh, we essentially are there to assist. Our growers know what they're doing, but we're always looking to improve their processes. Yeah, exactly. And the farmers do know what they're doing and what they're up to, but it's great to have the backing of Pure Grain and that traceability and transparency, the way that you're conveying that. So companies like Asahi can actually get these products and hopefully that's a growing tonnage amount of 40,000 for this year. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is really remarkable. And I think that um, it's the future of farming. I feel like uh, sustainability and data sharing is, um, is really going to take off and be, and be the norm. 
Yeah, I think that's the case too. It's really niching down and seeing where who can mm-hmm. actually use your product and who's your sort of audience for that. Um, I think you're really onto something here and a bit of a first mover for Pure Grain. Looks all pretty from the outside for Pure Grain, but you're actually backing it up with that data as well, which is pretty important. Um, as I say, for adapt and adopt, try to use new technologies on the farmer side of it. And you will start mm. to see these gains and hopefully you can grow a premium crop as well in 2022 onwards. Yeah, so absolutely. And the other thing that helps us achieve that um, is the sustainability metric that we've that we've developed. So essentially that is customizable to any end user. Uh, and the metric could include anything from um, age of workforce, gender equality, um, you know, safety training workshops, how much has gone on road, how much has gone on rail. So we're essentially able to capture data and present it in a unique way to each of our end users. So that is also part of our data collection and transparency. Yeah, so really looking at overall impact of how that grain has been harvested and how it makes its way into port or into the companies that are buying it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's looking at at every facet along the way. Great stuff. And for the Farmswise podcast, we love first of it first, like hearing it first on the podcast. And you've got a new thing coming up for Pure Grain Storage and Handling Accreditation Program. Can you talk to us a bit about this and what's happening this season? So the Pure Pure Grain Accreditation scheme is uh, essentially attached to all of our grow partners and each of our grow partners have to undergo this um, audit and assessment Um, essentially yes it is the first of its kind um, and it's generating considerable interest from both uh, grain buyers and also financial institutions looking for additional assurances that the grain that these growers are handling and storing is of the quality that they're saying. So we are we we go and do an audit, um, and the growers are ranked on key areas that cover off, um, you know, safety protocols, how they store, how they handle, sustainability, and general grain handling policies, to basically offer an assurance to the market that allows for more accurate pricing risk and improve supply chain planning and execution. So every one of our grower partners undergoes this and it allows us to um, essentially rank the growers, which will lead then to the marketability of their grain. Yeah, and I think that's what the farmers are wanting and also needing. It's a great thing that you've started at with the program at Pure Grain. And how has it been received by the farmers the growers that you have? Yeah, look, it's been received well. Um, like all things, like not everybody's um, fully aware of the scope of um, what's part of this audit, which is completely fine. Um, we've got to start somewhere. Um, but the most important thing is, is that they're all willing to improve. So essentially, the better that they can rank in these audits, the more marketable their product will be. Yeah, that's it. As long as they're looking to improve what they were 
yesterday and hopefully they can make a better go of it today um, throughout their harvest period, but also right across Australian agricultural different sectors mm-hmm. out there. It's pretty important that we are improving as a whole, as a nation, and hopefully that transparency can be shown like we mm-hmm. are doing on the Farms Wise podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Abby, it's been fantastic having you coming on to the Farms Wise podcast. Is there any piece of farms advice you would say for any farmers, growers out there looking to market their crops in this harvest season or next? Yeah, I mean, it's not necessarily linked to this season, but I think just generally as a whole, I think that growers need to understand that sustainability is at the forefront of how major processes, um, food chains, supermarkets see their world. So I think that... um, growers should just take a look at how things like safety, training, um, all facets of farming feed into sustainability. And I think that they, um, you know, they should look to baseline it and um, work on improving their own sustainability metrics for the future. Well said, right across the board. Um, As you said before, sustainability being financially sustainable allowing yourself Mm -hmm. to move into the future also quite important i try to link in between sustainability does equal profitability so you Mm -hmm. can you can run those two together you don't have to be sustainable and not profitable Um, yeah that's it and i think that um you know there probably is this idea out there uh that you know sustainability is all about cutting carbon and, and you know, all those things, it does include that, but it's actually more about the entire farming business being sustainable. Yeah, so improving our average across that five-year average that we usually measure on, um, it's pretty important to try and improve that year to year, season to season. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Mm. Well, Abby, thank you very much for coming on the FarmsWise podcast and showing us a little bit about your role at Pure Grain and what the that means for the growers around your region. I'm sure harvest has kicked off for a few of the farmers up there. They're getting into the headers and seeing what it's like, getting mm-hmm. the crops off. Mm-hmm. And it's sure to be starting down this way very soon. Our crops, our barley crop is quite green still at the moment, so it's still a few weeks away. Um, but thanks for coming on. Before you go, who else would you like to hear on the Farms Voice podcast and why? So I was thinking that, um, you know, part of the feedback loop at Pure, I'd love to hear from an end user, um, something like a Barrett Burst and Malting, um, because I think it would be fantastic to hear from their perspective why it's so important to have data-driven, sustainable raw materials for their production. I mean, you've got my perspective on it, but it would be really great to hear from a maltster about why it is so important that we can be so specific and consistent with grain quality. Yeah, absolutely. Chasing that provenance. Well, Abby, thank you for coming on. For anyone that wants to reach out to you, are you on social media or how can we get in touch with Pure Grain to learn more about it? Sure. So Pure Grain is on LinkedIn um, under Pure Grain Network. Beautiful. Well, they'll all be in the show notes so they can go there and have a look and see what Pure Grain's all about. 
and I'm sure you'll be able to connect with Abby on LinkedIn as well. She's a friendly, friendly girl doing a lot within Australian agriculture. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> Thanks, Jack. Thanks for listening to this episode. Unreal one there with Abby for the Harvest Series and for her giving up her time of her experiences, global and also domestic and really cool to see that there is a product on the other end of the grain that's within her farmer's network. So if you have anything, if you got anything out of this episode, please help share it or even give it a cheeky five-star review on Apple Podcasts to help us get a better yield for our podcast harvest. Better yet, if you did get something out of this episode, make sure you implement it and start today. Don't put it to on the back burner. Make sure you start improving your daily routine as a farmer across Australia. But until the next episode next Tuesday, keep on farming. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.